Hello, and welcome to The Parenthood, the podcast where we discuss all things parenting, brought to you by The Bump Class. This series, we're taking you through that fragile year of motherhood. We're still at the very beginning, and so today, we're talking about the next most important thing to do after your baby is born. You need to feed your baby. We're going to spend the next few episodes talking about feeding your baby, however that happens. Most women do try and breastfeed their babies, and we do recommend not making too many plans at this stage. You don't know how easy or hard it's going to be or how easy or hard your baby will find it. Plenty of women end up breastfeeding for much longer than they'd anticipated because it's so easy. While on the other hand, some some people really struggle and take the decision that it's potentially more beneficial for the baby to have a happy and engaged mummy. I think however it is for you, any amount of breastfeeding is beneficial. Moreover, most women love breastfeeding because once you get the hang of it, it's just the easiest way to feed your baby. And believe me, this is a time when easy is good. Your body's amazing. It produces the right amount of milk at the right time, which is the right temperature and sterile, ready to go when you need it. It's genius. So for that reason, it is worth having a go. I'm joined today by Geraldine Miskin, a breastfeeding specialist who has decades of experience helping women feed their babies successfully. I've lost count of the amount of girls who've done the bump class who rave about how useful your class was, Geraldine. So thank you for being here today. I, for one, didn't think too much about feeding when I was pregnant. I focused on the birth and presumed the feeding bit would be a piece of cake. (laughs) Oh, how wrong I was. But I'm not alone, am I? Lots of mums have problems feeding. Yeah, exactly. So many mums and babies think it's going to come really easily. And for many, it does. But there are many babies who need to learn what they need to do. And remember, this is the first and only job where you are given a baby with very little or no training. So it's okay if it doesn't work to start with. It is so normal. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really, really nice thing to hear. I think it's probably worth, um, because there'll be a lot of new mothers listening to this that don't really have any idea of what happens at different stages, what milk happens when. So let's go through sort of vaguely what to expect in terms of feeding your baby, just a sort of broad overview in the first year. Mm. Um, So we start out with colostrum, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And the really great news and something that I think is really important for mums to know is that you have colostrum in your breast before your baby's even born. So you're ready to go as soon as your baby's born there's colostrum there waiting for your baby yeah if you give your nipples a bit of a tweak in your pregnancy you might notice a bit of sort of kind (laughs) of creamy yellowy liquid comes out yeah if you can't if you're doing this and you try it and you think oh I don't have anything to feed my baby don't worry it's just that you're not probably squeezing in quite the right way exactly exactly totally totally right and this colostrum lasts for the first sort of three days or so it's it's not very much in terms of quantity but it's very very rich in nutrients so it's probably the most important part of breastfeeding isn't it Absolutely. So it is very, very rich and concentrated because your baby's stomach is so teeny tiny. So everything your baby gets needs to count. So even though there isn't a great volume, know that your baby's getting everything he or she needs in those early days. And then the first big change is around sort of day three to five when your milk comes in. This was really alarming for me. I literally woke (laughs) up one morning and there was Pamela Anderson staring back at me. (laughs) And I got such a shock because like literally your, your your body, I presume, just doesn't know how to how much to produce whether no. you've got one or two three or four babies yeah. so like yeah. like the taps are turned on full volume full volume absolutely and so what happens is your body doesn't know how much to produce so it produces a lot lot more than your baby actually needs and then it's got a very clever system to only replace what your baby drains 
bath that leaves you feeling like you've had a boob job gone wrong or something similar. So yes, it's very, very normal. But the good news is that that settles down very quickly. So if you're experiencing that, just hang in there. It's all going to calm down. <laughs> and then really, milk is all you're giving your baby um, mm. for that those first sort of four to six months. You don't need to give any water mm -hmm. or anything. Yeah. Um, and then um, the next sort of big stage in terms of what your baby is eating um, or drinking is around four to six months when yeah. solids are introduced. You'll yeah. usually start that very, very gently. And we've got a whole different podcast on that. <laughs> yeah. um, but incorporating breast milk and sort of slowly introducing pureed uh, foods. Um, and then protein at about seven months. Yeah. And and yeah. I guess the kind of the biggest milestone is I suppose the year yeah. after a year when milk for the first time becomes not the most Secondary. important part. Exactly. Because yeah. so in that first year, milk is the most important part of your baby's diet, but I thereafter it, it changes, doesn't it? Yeah. Isn't that just so cute though, that your baby just needs milk to grow? I just think that is so incredibly cute. So yes, milk is really important for the first 12 months, but thereafter it takes a secondary place. Okay, so let's go back to these these early days. The baby is born um, and that first feed because it's it's often quite difficult for a sort of emotional mother who's just mm. given birth. She's exhausted. Mm. Um, usually what happens after a vaginal delivery is that the baby is sort of handed to the mother, um, still attached by the umbilical cord, mm -hmm. um, and the mother has a bit of a cuddle and some skin-to-skin -skin mm. time. Yeah. But very soon after that, you'll be encouraged to have the first feed. Yes, and the first feed is so, so lovely and so important as well. So the reason why we want your baby to feed so soon after birth is because it stimulates more a greater release of oxytocin which helps you to deliver your placenta and also it's just so nice to keep mum and baby close together so that you can really connect and bond so the first feed is actually whilst it's, it's almost a standalone process on its own where you literally can allow your baby to show you all those moves that he's been practicing all the kicking and squirming that goes on in your belly that's going to help your baby to go and actually seek and find the nipple and attach. And it is the sweetest thing. So the first feed can be different for lots of mums, but you just give your baby a chance to do what he or she will naturally do and your seat will all come together. Because some babies will sort of naturally kind of almost crawl, won't they, to, yeah. the, to the nipple. They'll sort of like the heat-seeking missile. They'll yeah. <laughs> seek out that nipple. <laughs> they do. And they do the sweetest little head bobbing thing where they sort of like do, you know, they, they bob their little head all over your chest and sort of go seeking and they, they can crawl and you know, propel themselves. And all you have to do is just make sure they don't overshoot. <laughs> so I think the big problem is latching mm. on, you know, mm. so it's the baby getting the right sort of suck as it were, mm. um, which I think a lot of women struggle with. And mm. I'm sure a lot of you listening to this will have heard stories of women with really sore nipples and cracked nipples mm. and bleeding nipples. And I'm sure people have told you breastfeeding is just agony. Mm. Because it doesn't need to be, does it? It's no. all to do. Basically, the agonizing breastfeeding is when the latch is incorrect yes. and the sort of abrasive tongue that's a bit like sandpaper ends up kind of in irritating. contact. Exactly. Mm. The very, very sensitive part of the nipple. Mm. And yet if breastfeeding happens correctly and the latch happens correctly, yeah. your baby's tongue will not. Yeah damage the nipple in that way yeah exactly so I think the, the biggest misconception with latching is that and I did this myself so when I first thought when I first started I thought you know it's literally a case of you know baby meat boob boob meat baby and latch and off they go but what I've learned is that when your baby latches onto the breast you want to have an off-center latch so that means that when your baby is lining up close to the nipple that the lower lip is well away from the base of the nipple so that when baby goes onto the breast he scoops up a lot more areola 
close to his lower lip. So that's really important. So we're not aiming for a bullseye latch where the nipple goes straight into the center of baby's mouth, but we're trying to get baby's we're trying to get the nipple going right up into baby's the upper part of baby's mouth. So you're aiming for that off-center latch. So it's a kind of nose to nipple as opposed to mouth to nipple. Exactly. So when you line your baby up nose to nipple, what you'll notice is that the lower lip naturally is closer to the areola edge. Which is that sort of pigmented bit of your nipple, the kind of outer part of your nipple. Exactly. The brown bit that goes around the nipple is the areola. And the really great thing is that when your baby's lower lip is on the areola edge, the areola isn't as sensitive as the nipple is. So if the areola is, if the baby scooped up a lot of areola, the baby's little abrasive tongue is connecting with that rather than your sensitive, sensitive nipple. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes mm. sense. If you're sitting here um, and a bit confused, next time you're in the bath, just have a bit of a feel of your breasts and mm. actually you'll feel that the nipple itself is a very, very sensitive bit mm. and the areola is less sensitive and that's the bit you want to come into contact with the baby's tongue as opposed to the uh, the actual nipple. The nipple bit, exactly, yeah. yeah. It's also worth sort of thinking a little bit about the sort of anatomy of the inside of your mouth and actually when we suck our thumbs, yeah. our thumb is going right into the back of the mouth, sort of touching the roof of our mouth and that's the kind of that's when we suck something if you just stick your sort of fingernail into your mouth that's that's not a comfortable suck exactly if you do that if you if you're sitting here listening to it stick your thumb into your mouth now and you'll probably think yes I can see how that works and that's quite comforting weird in a weird sort of way yeah and if you pretend your thumbnail is your nipple and you stick just that into your sort of mouth just as far as the nail goes you realize that that's not a very comfortable thing to do and your baby is the same so that's what you're trying to do is get your baby's mouth basically filled with the nipple exactly exactly so the more breast tissue that goes into the baby's mouth the further back your nipple will be out of harm's way so that's what we're aiming for and it's tricky this at the beginning i mean so many you've just given birth to a baby yeah and now the real work begins. Yes. And it is, I, I certainly remember thinking, well, this should be a cinch after the labor that I've had. And yeah. actually it was really difficult mm. and really confusing. And I felt hopeless. I thought mm. I can't even feed my baby. I couldn't even give birth to him without assistance. Mm. And now I can't even feed my baby, but it's really normal to have, have trouble. Exactly. Because you have to remember there are two people involved in breastfeeding and you are doing everything that you can do. But remember, your baby needs to latch and feed. And if your baby doesn't really know what he or she needs to do just yet, it's going to take a bit of time and it's going to be sore. So don't give yourself a hard time. Be yeah. gentle, get some help and get it sorted. And I think, you know, hopefully at this stage you'll be in hospital, you'll mm. have midwives to surround you and um, they are actually really, really good at at encouraging you to breastfeed. And so ask for advice. Mm. You often find people will give you conflicting advice. That yes. is just the nature of it, isn't yeah. it? Well-meaning, but yeah. conflicting. So I think if you find someone whose advice works, almost sort of just listen to that person. Definitely. Um, and block, because otherwise you can't do it all right. If you try and do everything that everyone says, it just isn't impossible it is definitely and I think it's really nice to know that breastfeeding shouldn't hurt and so you go by how it feels so even if somebody who's helping you thinks that it looks right if it still feels sore there's something that's not right and your body's trying to tell you that so that's a really good 
piece of advice. Yeah, and mm. it does get easier. It does. It really does. <laughs> so in those early days when you've got colostrum, how mm. frequently are you feeding your baby? I mean, I think we have to caveat this with mm. there is no sort of one answer for this. Rather no. like if you asked a group of, you know, if the, everyone listening to this podcast, how much do they eat for lunch? It would all be vastly different. Vastly. And babies are the same because we're all just humans. Exactly. But approximately you can be expecting to feed how frequently, Geraldine? So I would say in the early days, definitely feed when your baby wants it. So don't withhold fees, but at least offer your baby the breast every four hours. And that would be calculating fees from the beginning of one fee to the beginning of the next. So that you know that your baby's at least being offered the breast, you know, six times a day. But if your baby wants to feed more frequently, you know, do it because it's going to help bring in your milk a lot quicker. It's going to help your baby gain more weight quicker. It's just going to be amazing for both of you. Okay, pretty exhausting then. It is. But 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 it is worth it. <laughs> yes, and you've got hormones that will help you go to sleep a bit quicker. So, And it gets so much easier. It mm. gets so much easier. If you do the groundwork in the early days, it gets so much easier, so much quicker. Yeah. Mm. And if your nipples are feeling a bit sore, which mm. invariably they do. I mean, I mm. kind of, no one almost doesn't get sore nipples for a bit. It's more mm. about sort of rectifying it. Mm. But if your nipples are feeling a bit sore, what would you recommend putting on them to sort of alleviate? I mean, in the old days, they said cabbage leaves, but actually that was more for engorgement, wasn't more it? More for engorgement, exactly. So, so there are lots, <laughs> lots of really soothing nipple creams and stuff like that. So find one that works for you and feels good. So you want it to feel nice and soothing. One tip is, you know, maybe if you've got something that you can maybe cool it down so that you've got that extra soothing effect as well. So maybe stick it in the fridge, but yeah. find something that works for you. And make sure it's an actual nipple cream rather than something else, because obviously yes. the nipple creams are designed so that if a baby then comes into contact with them, that's absolutely fine. You don't need to be wiping. Um, no, exactly. A few things not to put on your on your <laughs> nipples. I mean, we had one girl who did the bump class who said um, that a friend of hers had said you need to put like alcohol on your oh, nipples to toughen them up. No, 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 no. So you don't want your nipples to toughen up. You want your nipples to stay sensitive, but please stay away from the alcohol. I've also heard that you need to brush the nipples with a nail brush or you need to put <laughs> white spirits on them to toughen them up. That's just going to dry out your skin. So seriously, all you need to do is just get to know your breasts, get to have a look at your nipples, you know, practice having a look at all these things we're discussing. But no, don't put anything onto them, please. And then sort of day three to five, the milk comes in. Mm. The moment we sort of describe the Pamela Anderson moment where you suddenly have loads <laughs> of milk and it can feel really overwhelming. Mm. On the other hand, it's suddenly a huge amount of, of volume. And actually mm. babies very often need, uh, really want this big mm. feed at this stage. Mm. So um, feeding stage, I mean, feeding in terms of how yeah. frequently you feed, that remains pretty much the same. You know, yeah. often your baby will be able to go for slightly longer between feeds because you're producing such a greater volume. Yeah, yeah. And it's also real relief. You know, if you haven't been able to see or feel that you've got any milk, when you do feel the milk coming in, it actually feels quite nice. You feel quite confident about it. You might find that because your baby's stomach is getting a bit bigger, he or she might need to feed a bit sooner, a bit closer together, um, a three-hourly sort of thing. Um, but yes, it will calm down. I think the one thing to mention though is just because your milk has come in and is flowing a lot quicker, this is a really good time to maybe think about burping babies. And a lot of mums are told that breastfed babies don't need to be burped or winded. And that is such a myth, honestly. If more mums were able to burp their babies, I think breastfeeding would go a lot better. So definitely something worth, worth considering. 
So let's just uh, sort of explain what burping is. Mm. Um, so obviously when your baby is being fed either from the bottle or from the breast, mm -hmm. as they're sucking and they're swallowing, mm. they're also swallowing a little bit of air. Mm. And those air bubbles then go down into their tummy, but then need to be let out of the tummy. So yeah. all you need to do in an ideal world is get your baby a little bit upright, yep. the bubbles float to the top of their stomach and are burped out. And you'll hear this sort of <laughs> sound that hitherto you thought was revolting and rude, but will become the most sweet Celebrated. sound. <laughs> man-sized burps exactly and they are they're really capable of quite some burps yeah um, and yeah. they need to get that out and some babies will do, you'll sit them up and they will do a nice big burp immediately and then they're ready to go yeah some babies will take another 30 Coaxing. minutes to burp yeah and they'll do tiny little burps so a sign that your baby needs to burp is that they're feeding 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 and then they become a bit wriggly and stop feeding that's a sign they need to burp yeah but it's probably a good idea too always to make sure that they are burping at least once um or possibly twice or even three times in the middle of the feed you'll get to know your baby really well but um what tends to happen is that you get a greedy little baby and they just basically swallow all the milk yeah then they sit up to burp but it's all a bit much and quite a lot of the milk comes out so yes. sort of little and often you'll get to know your baby but exactly. just be aware of, of the burp yeah yeah one practical piece of advice make sure you've always got a muslin, muslin. handy yeah there's often a little bit of of sick that comes up with the burp and that's not a bad thing that's no. that's probably because their valve at the top of their stomach is not quite strong enough so they yeah. always have a little bit of sort of cottage cheese like vomit exactly it's normal a, a true vomit looks like three times what they've just taken exactly. in exactly um, but don't worry about that sort of spit no. up vomit that's sort of normal totally totally normal and I think you make a very good point about sitting the babies upright because that just allows the wind to come up so a lot of the times when I'm working with mums I can see that the baby's back is quite bent so you absolutely right sitting the babies upright is often all it takes to get a burp up. Yeah, I mean, mm. I found actually putting a little bit of pressure at the base of my baby's back mm -hmm. and then supporting their tummy, not pressing it, but just supporting. Supporting. So it's like they're sort of sitting up nice and straight would help yeah. it. So, I mean, some babies, like I said, burp really easily. Some babies yeah. need a lot more encouragement. And that's definitely, you know, all the all the girls on the bump class tend to have a WhatsApp group. And I think yeah. they talk a lot about, <laughs> about burping. Yeah. I mean, my daughter would only burp when I went up and downstairs. Yeah. And I tried to replicate that movement. Yeah. Without going up and down the steps. Nope. Nope. It had to be up and down stairs. <laughs> My sister-in-law had to be lunging. Really? Her glutes were in amazing condition. <laughs> her baby would only burp. And sometimes a sort of burp gets a little bit stuck. So I also mm. found that if they felt that there was a burp that needed to come up, mm. lying baby down and yes. either changing a nappy or just letting them lie down and then sitting them up again, that would often sort of dislodge that burp. Yes, definitely. And also burping is a really great way, just thinking about all of this as, as a is a really great way to do in between feeds or in between breasts that kind of thing because it just it just makes it so much easier for your baby to take in a lot more milk so you can actually use burping to your benefit um, especially once your milk's come in yeah exactly no and I think too you know sitting your baby on your knees rocking them backwards or forwards yeah. or sort of stretching them out so that they're sort of on your back with their head sort of over your shoulder they and their love arms that. sort of up over your shoulder and then just to gently patting them on the back and you know most parents do this very very gently in little taps and then a, you know a maternity nurse or some mother-in-law will come along and nice firm taps and they realize <laughs> that actually that is um, the way forward yeah be nice and firm and I find that it doesn't really matter whether you're patting or stroking different babies respond to different things so find what works for you and also I think you'll find that the same position doesn't always work and that's totally fine and normal too
I think the other thing to make sure is that your baby is eating enough. Because mm. what very often happens is that babies sort of suck. They get that immediate satisfaction from mm. the sort of food. Mm. And then because it's so nice and cozy on mummy, mm. they fall asleep again. And um, then they don't take a very big feed. So actually, it's great to, to try to encourage them to actually take a nice big feed. Yes. So that actually then they sleep for a good long time and wake up kind of happier with constructive sleep having happened. Yeah. There are yeah. loads of tips, aren't there, Geraldine? Yes. Yes, there are loads of tips. Totally. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that when your baby is feeding that he's he or she's actually awake. So I think that's the biggest challenge in the early days is that they go to sleep. So things you can do is undress your baby, make sure that he's not too hot or close to you. Maybe you want to massage the breast so that you just keep the milk flowing. You can tickle baby so you can gently tickle up and down baby's back you can tickle his feet um some mums find that they need to wipe baby's hands and face with a wet cloth or maybe blow on baby um but i think that you know all those things work really really nicely and the other thing the obvious the other other thing is during some burping because and a nappy change right in the middle of the feed because that gives your baby a bit of a you know, it makes your baby wake up so that he's really keen to have the second breast because all of a sudden he's been naked. They're not so happy about that. And then they go onto the breast and they feed with, you know, such passion. So that ensures that the babies get enough milk as well. Yeah, I always found keeping mine a little bit cold work quite mm. well. I'd take a layer off them before they fed just because oh. kind of being nice and toasty warm is really conducive to going to sleep. And if you didn't so, want them to go to sleep, just yeah. being a little bit cold. And it sounds really cruel, but actually it's really important that they do take a big feed. And it wasn't like I was freezing them. It no. was just that they weren't quite as toasty warm as, as yes. they were while they were feeding. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And that's where the tickling and just sort of just sort of bugging them a bit, just sort of, you know, like rousing them. So that's a really helpful thing is keep them a little bit cool. Yeah. The other, I think, real um, flaw in terms of our anatomy is that when you're breastfeeding, you never really know quite how much your baby's had. And I think no. in today's society, we've become quite obsessed with numbers and we like to know. And yeah. I do hear of a lot of women who end up sort of expressing and then feeding because they like to know how much their babies have had. Mm. I do, th I slightly warn against mothers becoming too obsessed with the numbers because mm. actually our bodies do work quite well. And yeah. there are other ways where your baby tells you how much they've eaten. Yeah. The other thing is if you become obsessed with numbers you slightly expect that of your baby every day and yeah. we all know that some days we are inexplicably more hungry or less hungry than other days yeah. and babies are like that as well some yeah. days they will just take loads and some babies just want to sleep some days just don't want to exactly yeah. so I think if you become so obsessed about the numbers you stop looking at the signs and the cues from your baby um, but what are the ways of sort of ensuring or just making sure that your baby is actually having enough? Mm. So I think in the early days, it's really important to keep an eye on what's coming out because what goes in must come out. And so keeping, keeping a track on your baby's poos is such a great thing to do. And what you'll notice is that, you know, your baby's poos will change color beautifully and how your baby's poos change color can vary you know, hugely amongst different babies. But what you're looking at is that the black meconium poos become yellow by about day nine, day 10. So as long as your baby's poos are becoming gradually more and more light, so they're becoming lighter, they may be becoming a bit more, bit runnier. 
um, that's a really good sign to look out for. You'll also notice that your baby's happy to sleep in between feeds. So you know that your baby's nice and comfortable and is getting a really good fill. Um, you'll see lots, you might start to see or feel that the baby's nappies are wet or heavy as well. So that tells you that even though you can't see the urine because it's all messed in, mixed in with the poos, you can feel that there's a lot more coming out. And the, the professionals will be keeping an eye on your baby's weight. Yes. So when your baby's born, they're weighed. While they're in hospital, they're weighed. Um, afterwards, when you're at home and you have the midwives and the health visitors coming to see you, they'll weigh your baby. So if there are any concerns about your baby's weight loss, they will flag that up and talk about introducing a sort of different feeding plan. Definitely. Some some girls go and buy scales. It's something we really advised against Definitely. because you need to be a bit of a professional to weigh a baby. You know, yeah. a baby who's just done a poo weighs very different amount to the baby that hasn't done the poo. Exactly. And it can often give you a, a false picture of health going or, on you know yeah. unhappiness so I think don't buy baby scales no. at home again you become obsessed by the minutiae and actually you need to be plotting the weight gain over a specific amount of time rather than sort of when you remember so yeah don't worry too much about the weight if you no. have any concerns go and see your GP they have weighing scales at your GPs and they yeah. can always reassure you but at least you know that you're ba- weighing your baby in a constructive way and if there are any red flags or warning signs that someone yeah. will kind of act on them yeah yeah definitely and I think sometimes you know it's really important to keep an open mind so look at how well and how healthy and how happy your baby is as well don't just look at any one specific thing because that doesn't give you the full picture yeah absolutely Mm. I do think, you know, it's fair to say that most mothers do struggle with feeding at the beginning, um, but you do also fall into a bit of a rhythm. And I see it so often. I speak to mothers in the first week of their baby's life and they're sort of thinking it's such an uphill struggle. They're never going to make it. Mm. And then you speak to them a couple of weeks later and they've nailed breastfeeding. Yeah. And they're sort of, you know, going to answer the door with a baby feeding at their breast. And it's just really, (laughs) really straightforward. So do persevere um, and don't freak out if it is it is hard at first. Yes, definitely. Um, also look for advice you are given quite a lot of advice when you are a new mother so reach out to the midwives to the community midwives most local GP surgeries have um, breastfeeding clinics so if you are struggling you can usually get help do also look at Geraldine's website geraldinemiskin.com there's a link to her website on our website on the bump class website and you can also buy her book download apps and get help remotely she does consultations via skype and um, she can come and see you if you want so her her website is definitely worth having a look at and uh, is incredibly helpful her book uh, breastfeeding made easy is fantastic we highly recommend it I hope you found this uh, podcast helpful. All of our podcasts at Parenthood are packed full of interesting and useful information. So please do subscribe to us. We're The Parenthood um, so that you don't risk missing out. You can also follow us on Instagram. We're at theparent.hood. So please do keep an eye on what we're doing. And if you're keen, you can even make suggestions for future podcast recordings. I hope you found it useful. Thank you for listening.